Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tomahawk Show. I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, joined by my co-host, the legendary Joe Thomas. And as always, no face Dan in the building. Listen, if you're just tuning in to one of the best podcasts ever in the history of audio, make sure you subscribe right now. Rate five stars anywhere podcasts are available. Remember to always tweet us at hashtag Tomahawk with an H. Um, on this episode, we're going to, you know, give more insights to the Cleveland Browns draft, specifically Baker Mayfield. We're going to talk about the NFL's top 100 players countdown, which started this week. And we're also going to do another Disney draft. I think the, the superhero draft was a big hit. So we figured we keep it going. So let's just let's get right into it here. Joe, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm just laughing because uh, whenever we open the show and we talk about how great we are, I can just see this guy that just downloaded our episode for the first time sitting at home, listening to the open going, what the hell are they talking about? This is not that good of a podcast. These guys are idiots. Hey, man, you got to believe uh, it. You got to uh, sell it first. You got to yeah. believe it before anyone else believes it. That's right. And I'm also thinking about our Disney draft being that all three of us are fathers. A couple of us have multiple kids. Yeah, and, uh, I'm just laughing about how our life is just so consumed with kid things and with children. Uh, yes, most people that are listening to this probably don't even know five Disney movies off the top of their head, especially anything that was <laughs> produced within the last ten years. Well, yeah, they were a kid before though, so they have to know the old stuff, right? Right, yeah, but but, I, which is they'll probably judge us for our picks because our kids are probably going to <laughs> skew our opinions. It'll this. be all new stuff. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll be like, I'm not even going to tip it, but you guys get what I'm saying. But let's, let's, no, just, let's jump right into the Browns. Um, John Dorsey, GM of the Browns, he's been making his media rounds. He hasn't joined the Tomahawk show yet, which is a little disappointing. I guess he's saving all the good stuff for then. But he has been talking about what went into the decision to draft Baker Mayfield at one. We're a couple of days removed now, almost a week. How are you feeling about that pick now that you had time to digest, hear like the the – the strategy behind it and, and what some of the things that everyone was thinking. And also that around the league, it sounds like most teams had Baker, the number one overall guy. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. The most interesting thing for me has been how this pick has been received within league circles. I think when Baker's Mayfield's name was announced and the day before people had start to talk about, okay, Baker might be the number one guy. Everybody from fans to media was saying, oh, that's a big mistake. He shouldn't be the number one quarterback. He's maybe not even in the top three. But as soon as the Browns drafted him and a lot of other NFL teams started revealing who was sort of at the top of their board, you saw that there was really a consensus throughout the league that Baker was definitely the first quarterback. And yeah. on a lot of boards, he was actually the number one overall guy, even ahead of Saquon Barclay and Bradley Chubb. So uh, I'm feeling a lot better about it as a Browns fan, especially compared to where I was maybe last week when I was still kind of beating that Josh Rosen drum. You were beating the Josh Rosen drum pretty hard. But the thing about Baker as well is that I don't get – because I remember like after the season, the conversation was around like, is he going to even be a first-round pick? So to go from like, is he good enough to be a first-rounder to – the consensus number one overall on like most people's draft board is like that just shows where the disconnect is between the media and the NFL sometimes because it came out in a report that the Patriots may have told his agent that they were considering trading up to number two. Now it could have been BS to get him in for a visit because Baker didn't think he was going to last that long. And obviously he was right. But 
the fact that the Patriots would even go through the, the exercise of trying to get him in means that they had to consider it to, to some degree or at least feel like they needed to kick the tires on where he was at mentally and, you know, from a football and X and O standpoint because that conversation was being had around the league. That's a great point. I heard that report also. I read that report about how the Patriots supposedly were considering trading up to number two to take Baker. And then uh, everyone in Patriots Nation was uproar like, oh my gosh, they're going to waste all this capital to trade up to pick Tom Brady's replacement. And they're going to totally sabotage the last couple years of Tom Brady's career. And then, of course, the Patriots came out with damage control saying, well, no, 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 we were actually just lying to Baker Mayfield and his camp <laughs> just to get him in for a draft uh, visit, even though we had no intentions of trading up that far. But I think the truth of the story is if Baker was there in the teens, if for some reason he dropped into that 12, 13 slot, I really believe that the Patriots would have traded up to pick him. I think they see him a lot like Jimmy G. Now, people don't realize Jimmy G is a short quarterback. He's not yeah. a tall guy. He's not a prototypical guy. Uh, and I think they, they see a lot of those same qualities that Jimmy G has uh, as the same qualities that Baker Mayfield has. So I definitely think if Baker would have slid into that teen range, the Patriots and a lot of teams would have looked to trade up to take him. Uh, but it's funny, like you mentioned, there's only a few guys in the media that actually watch film on all these guys and yeah. come out with their draft boards. And then for the most part, guys like you and me, Hawk, we just look at everyone else's draft we board in the media. And then we regurgitate what they say. <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Just like most of those guys that are standing on the TV and, and uh, talking into the radio, they don't really know what they're doing. They're, they're not watching film. And if they are, they don't really know what they're watching. Exactly. They're just being influenced by the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays and those draft boards that are already out there and being commonly accepted as pretty good boards. And so that's why you end up with a guy like Baker, who people, when this process started, were saying, that dude's not even going to be a first-round pick to being the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. You know what? I will give props to our resident quarterback uh, evaluator here on the Tomahawk Show, Bruce Gradkowski, because when he came in on the show months ago, Baker was his top guy, if I remember correctly. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably wrong. But Was that true? I'm pretty sure. I mean, from the conversations we had with him, he kept telling me, and maybe I'm like letting that seep into the, the show, but he would always tell me like Baker, he felt like he was a guy, but I always felt it was just because it is the kind of guy Brew is. Like if he thinks someone reminds him of himself, he's going <laughs> to crown them the champion. So I didn't never took it. I never took him seriously. I'm like, you only like him because he's shorter. They have a big arm. He runs around. He's gritty. And you think that's you. You think you're Mayfield. Hey man, that's human nature. Just like I like, uh, <laughs> Tall, skinny, athletic tackles, uh, just yeah. as much as Hawk likes short, quick receivers Ooh. that try hard. Is that how you're describing yourself now, skinny? Okay. Yeah, and just All like right. NFT likes uh, – No people with no faces? People with no face. <laughs> so, all right, so how do the Browns handle Baker and Tyrod? What do you do? How long does Baker sit? Because it's, if this yeah. pick was Sam Darnold, it would make more sense to me to be like, okay, you know, I think Sam was like a redshirt sophomore. It would make sense to say, okay, we're going to bring him in he has to develop a little more, which is kind of the thing around him. He has all the tools. People are still super high on him. Give him a year or two to sit behind Tyrod, learn the game. And by the time he gets in there, he could be really effective. Baker doesn't strike me as a sit-and-wait guy. He strikes me as a guy who's going to come in. Not only does he want to play right away, I think he has the, the intellectual capability on the football field to be a day-one starter. But Tyrod is a pro bowler and a guy that we think is, you know, the real deal. 
this is my concern right now that's continually bouncing through my head since we picked Baker Mayfield. Baker's a guy that's ready to play as soon or sooner than any other of those rookies. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be tough to keep him on the bench for a full season, even though, in my opinion, that's what's best for him. The, that's going to be a challenge for John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson to be able to pull the reins back, especially if Tyrod has a bad game. Or let's say the Browns start the season 0-4, 0-3, 1-3, it is. People are going to be crying for Baker Mayfield to start, but that's not in his bench, best interest. That's not in the best interest of the team. Yeah. I think it's vitally important for everybody in that organization, for all the fans to understand, even though Baker Mayfield is as ready as any rookie, I still firmly believe that there is very few, if any, rookies who are prepared to start in year one of their, their career. And I think it can be very damaging. And I've seen it firsthand in Cleveland for many rookies. I think say, if you play before you're ready, you're, you just don't even know what you don't know. And you go out and your confidence gets completely ruined. And as a quarterback, having confidence in your throws, in your receivers, in your progressions, in your reads, and your footwork, that's like the most important thing that you can do as a quarterback. And so as for John Dorsey being the GM and Hugh Jackson as the head coach, they need to make sure that they do not ruin his confidence. So the best thing yeah. for him, I urge those guys, is just to let him sit, Tom let Tyrod play. play the whole year. And I think the, the other benefit is if Tyrod sits that whole year, and I'm sorry, if Baker sits the whole year and Tyrod plays, Tyrod's got a really good chance of taking this team to the playoffs. And then if you want to trade Tyrod or whatever his contract situation is at that mm -hmm. time, then you can get some value for Tyrod and then let Baker become the starter. Or at that point, you can let Tyrod play for another year. I mean, this could be an Aaron Rodgers situation. If Tyrod plays well, let Baker sit for a couple of years and learn because it's only going to make him better when he does finally start and make him make his top end even better. Can you imagine a world where you take the Bills and the Browns to the playoffs in back-to-back -back years and you get traded both times? <laughs> is this the Twilight Zone? Like It's the Twilight he, Zone. He should be traded to Canton is where he should be traded to <laughs> if he pulls that off. That's so a great point. You, you say that you think Baker should sit. But we know Baker's personality. Well, we don't know him exactly. At all. But we understand, like we can see what kind of guy he is. He's competitive, and he there. If I was playing devil devil's advocate, I would say there are certain guys that you're right. Sit a year, it's better for you. And then there are the the trial by fire guys who it may look the same as the guy who's ruined his career, ruining his own career by playing because they both probably will suck. But it probably helps a guy like Baker in the long run, i.e. like a Peyton Manning, who his first year, it was like historically bad. But people understood his, his mental makeup. They understood his love for the game, his understanding of the X and O's. And through that year, he like learned so much. And the next year, he started to turn the corner really, really quickly based off of his in-game experience. So are you prolonging the inevitable? Like, are you putting that tough year a year further back by waiting? Or is it like, you know, like I said, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. Does it make more sense to start him right away? You're an idiot. I can't believe you'd say something so stupid. <laughs> no, my, my point is I don't think you even have to go through a tough year if you let him sit. If he yeah. sits a year, then maybe his second year he comes out gangbusters because when you're sitting on the bench and you're watching the guy ahead of you and you're learning from his mistakes, you're learning from the things that he does well, 
You're going out there in practice. You're making the throws against the scout team. You're learning the offense. That's as much experience as going on the field as far as positive experience goes. Yeah. Because usually when you're the, the backup, you're having all positive experiences. You're going against the scout team. You are the scout team. You're watching – the things develop in practice. You're watching the game. You're learning from the guy that's playing ahead of you. And you really can learn a lot. And I think it can really prepare you to go out and have a great second season. But I think you hit the nail on the head. And that's my biggest concern is Baker is not a guy that wants to sit and that even really will have an easy time if he sits because he's so competitive. He's already got that chip on his shoulder. And it might be really tough to pull the reins back and let him sit on the bench but uh, if I have a chance to talk to Baker, it's probably not going to be well-received, but I'll say, hey, man, honestly, okay. I've seen it a million times. This is my next question. I said, give don't me, be how discouraged. How are you going to convince Baker that it's better to sit down? What, give me your Joe Thomas spiel right now. So well, it's going to go something like this. Baker, I've seen a lot of talented quarterbacks come through here that had the potential to be great players. You're better than all of them. But please understand that for you, it might be in your best interest to sit and watch and grow as a player and become a better NFL player for when you do get that opportunity to be the Browns starting quarterback. So do not be discouraged if you're not the starter in year one. The last two big guys that John Dorsey drafted, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and then Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, they sat in their first year. Aaron Rodgers has turned out to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You could be Aaron Rodgers. Don't be discouraged if you're not the starter in year one. It has nothing to do with your progress. It has nothing to do with what you're doing on the field. It has all to do with growing and the process of becoming a great NFL quarterback. And he's probably going to flick me off. He's going to say I'm an idiot. He doesn't want to hear from me, but it's what he needs to hear. <laughs> that is probably what he'll probably do a crotch grab at you. And it'll be <laughs> I came here to win football games. <laughs> That's, I'm okay with that. I, I could live with that role. Uh, because I just want to see the Browns win, baby. I'm with you, man. Another draft pick that we didn't get a chance to talk about, because, we, of course, we did our draft recap in the middle of the draft, which, looking back on it, probably <laughs> wasn't logistically the smartest thing to do. We do but, things a little differently here at the Tom Hawk Show. That's what we're it's known okay. for. That's, that's what why we're, we're better than everyone. That's exactly. why we're the Grammys. <laughs> so, in, the round, in round four, the Browns selected Antonio Callaway, wide out. Um, He's a guy that has a little bit of a, a checkered past, uh, so to speak. And there's some, there were some character concerns going into the draft. But by most accounts, from a, a ability standpoint, he was like probably one of the top one to three receivers in the draft. And the Browns were able to get him in the fourth round. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because, see, I come from – Besides the, 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 my Cleveland background, I come from Cincinnati where for a long period of time, they made a really, you know, good living as an organization by going to get some of those guys later in the rounds that might have had some iffy character concerns or some questionable backgrounds, but they were able to bring them in, keep them on a straight and narrow. And the result was a really, 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 really talented football team for a solid five to six years based on being able to get those high ability, but you know, high risk players at valuable times, whether that's in free agency, whether that was late in the draft. No, I think you make a great point. I think 
Mike Brown in Cincinnati historically felt comfortable because Marvin Lewis was his head coach and Marvis, Marvin Lewis had such a great track record drafting and developing and being able to control and get these guys to buy in who mm-hmm. were maybe character concerns in the draft and he turned them into great players and Personally, I was surprised that the Bengals didn't take this guy in the second round because usually the Bengals can't wait that long to draft a guy like this, and they're usually picking him in the second round. And for the most part, they've turned out. And I think that's one of the benefits of having Hugh Jackson as your head coach. He's a guy that has really done a great job with these guys that have a little bit of character concerns. And I think that could be a little bit of his MO in Cleveland is – you get a guy like John Dorsey who thinks fourth, fifth round is a good spot to take some of these guys. Uh, the Haslam's feel comfortable because mm-hmm. of the support system that they've put in place in Cleveland. And Hugh Jackson, I think, is the right coach to be able to handle some of these guys that have these issues. And uh, we'll see if it pays off. But I definitely think uh, it was an interesting pick because if you look at his rap sheet, people wanted to compare him to Josh Gordon. But Josh Gordon hasn't had nearly the amount of problems that this guy's Jeez. had. You know, most of Josh's issues were substance-related. You know, he weed. had yeah. the addiction issue with weed, mm-hmm. and then he got – he tested positive for alcohol, which – I still don't understand how you get suspended a year in the NFL for testing positive for alcohol. There's quite a few uh, Monday mornings yeah. I would have tested positive for alcohol. If, if they would have tested the head coaches and the assistant <laughs> coaches on any team in, in the NFL on Monday morning, they all would have tested we positive. We would have forfeited. Yeah, they, the, the league would have had to forfeit. So, uh, But anyways, we digress. Uh, I think Josh had a DUI in there, but still mm-hmm. substance-related. Uh, but this guy's got – a, a big rap sheet, including stuff that's happened recently. So yeah. uh, out of all the guys that I've seen that have been picked in the draft with character issues recently, this guy's at the top of the list. Really? Uh, I, I haven't even looked into it that much. You got to check out his rap sheet. If, if we had a great uh, Tomahawk assistant uh, research person, they'd yeah. be able to pull up exactly what he's been. Uh, read it off right now. Whatever. Yeah, uh, no. Okay. We, we got, got nothing. But we right, got well. nothing. Like so I said, we'll let the fans do their own research. High risk, high reward, right? I mean, when you're getting that kind of talent, the, the tricky part is, and I think John Dorsey spoke to this in his press conference, is being able to have a guy in that room because now you got a lot of personalities that are in that room, a lot of fiery personalities, a lot of talent. But again, there's like a, a, a big mix of big personalities. So being able to keep those guys on the same page is always tough because, you know, wide receivers are divas. We are. I mean, it is what it is. That's just our MO. It's not a, it's not a false stereotype. So you got to make sure you have the guys in the room that can help kind of keep that under control. What, one more quick point on that, too, and I think this goes back to the decision in the offseason of Hugh Jackson to decide to give the offensive coordinator duties to Todd Haley. Mm-hmm. Now Hugh Jackson has an opportunity to, to really take these guys under his wing yep. where he has so much more time on his hands to be able to sit in those meetings, to sit next to these players, to be able to make sure they're doing the right things in the meetings, on the practice field, off the field. He can go to their house. He can visit them because he has that time. He has that ability to do the things that he does best, which is manage people and to guide and grow young men. And so I think it's really a good time for the Browns to pick somebody like this because they do have a guy like Hugh Jackson who is able to take on that management role on a, to a different level because he's not the offensive coordinator anymore. No, I agree. I agree completely, man. And I think you hit it right on the head. And another thing about John Dorsey, Peter Schrager, Good Morning Football, one of my favorite shows on TV. Friend of the show. That, yeah, friend of the show. He talked about how John Dorsey didn't tell anybody that Baker Mayfield was his guy in the building or outside of the building because he wanted unbiased opinions. What are your thoughts, Jay? 
I love this. I was so excited when I heard that John Dorsey had said this because actually, Hawk, you and I have talked about this a long time and the problems within pro scouting. You have a GM, right? And then you've got all these minions that work for the GM. And those minions underneath figure out what the GM wants to hear and then they just tell him what he hears. So what you get is this social experiment where everybody's just kissing the boss's ass. So you're not actually getting divergent thoughts and ideas and you have this groupthink model where everybody just agrees with whatever they think the GM wants them to hear, uh, to think about. And then you don't really get to the bottom of the matter and you don't get a true decision. So I was so happy when I heard that John Dorsey didn't tell anybody because that's the only way you get true feedback from your yeah. employees. Is you don't tell them what you're thinking. You don't tell them or give them a tip about who you're going to pick because then you'll actually hear what the opinions are. And if it's different than yours, that's good for the process. Yep. And I agree completely. And it's like this, it's like you learn in scouting. Like when I did my internship with the Detroit Lions as a scout, that was like one of the things they like harped on. It was, you know, in this game, you have to be a man of conviction. You have to say what you see and believe it because you have to know it. Otherwise, just like you said, you get into the song and dance of trying to please your boss. And that's how organizations fall into a rut that's how things go really bad when people are just saying what they think others want to hear because you want to keep a job and I I, for me personally I care too much about football to get into the game to play that so if that was like if that was me as a scout and I had to do that and I had to appease a boss with the thing that I think I'm talented in doing which is scouting and evaluating players I wouldn't even want to do it now everybody is different but for me personally, like you said, I know you're the same way. We've been in this too long not to say what we see. We've earned our stripes here. And the fact that John Dorsey put that rule in place, amazing. And I'm, I, I like to think that the conclusion around the building was that Baker Mayfield was the guy. Because what happens if, if, if John Dorsey is like, Baker Mayfield is the guy, and everybody else is like, no, we need Saquon or Sam Darnold. Well, then now it's like the opposite happens. And it's, it might create a little bit of a problem. But I think the more there's sifting and winnowing and and, uh, divergent opinions and arguments, maybe without being argumentative, the truth is going to come out. It's going to float to the top much more easily than if I hear what Hawk says and I just automatically start assuming whatever his opinion is as my own opinion. I think if I was a GM, I would do this. I would split up my scouts into two rooms and I would not have those guys talk at all. I wouldn't have them watch film together. I would basically set up two completely independent scouting departments with their scouting heads and I would have them come up with their board and come up with honest evaluations. I wouldn't even let them work in the same building. I'd put one in LA, one in New York. And I would say, if you guys have contact with each other, you guys are fired instantly (laughs) fired without pay. And we're going to send you to the torture chamber. We're going to do bad things to your family. And I would set up these two independent departments because you're probably going to get different opinions because in the draft, you truly are evaluating what's better, an apple or an orange. You're not saying what's the best apple. You're saying is a quarterback better than a running back. So there is some big-time challenges when you are a scout because it's not like you're looking for a basketball player. Like, oh, that's a good basketball player. Oh, no, he's a better basketball player. You're saying is this quarterback better than this punter? And is this receiver better than that left tackle? Well, that's tough. Yeah, probably. He's probably more valuable. He's probably way more valuable and should be paid more. But yeah, I think some teams do do that. So they like hire consultants. So that's basically what they do where they hire consultants who do the same thing that are independent that we never hear about that no one ever writes articles about because they're sworn to secrecy. 
But that's how you get that outside view of what players do. We've heard sometimes in Cleveland, they paid a company hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with who was the best draft prospect in 2014. I can't remember what the result was. It was Johnny Manziel, wasn't it? I don't know if it was Johnny. I feel <laughs> Did we like get a refund <laughs> if he's not like in the league after two years. Oh, that's right. I think it was. I think it was Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's what they pay these consultant companies to do. Maybe we should start the Tomahawk Consulting. That's what it I is. I think Next that's a great draft. idea. We're going to start this week. We're going to start us. We're going to get early on the 2019 draft class, and we're for hire. We're six figures or up. Open to all 32 teams. Obviously, we'll give Cleveland the hometown discount. All right, transitioning into. Top 100. NFL Network dropped their – or they started their top 100 player countdown, which is voted on by the players, or so they say, right? Um, and there's, a, there's not really any surprises in there. I guess there's some new names that jumped into there. There's a couple wide outs so far, and it's, we've only, I think, 20, 20 players in. A couple of guys I played with are in there. Jimmy Garoppolo is in there, and he might be the least amount of games of a person to ever jump into the top 100 player list. And – he was in front of Kirk Cousins. That was the kind of a thing. What do you think about that? If I was just looking at those two quarterbacks and you asked me who would I rather have on my team, I would say Jimmy G. So what yeah. I'm looking at the top 100, I'm saying he's properly rated because I think yeah. Kirk Cousins a 16, 17 quarterback in the NFL, and I think Jimmy G's probably in the 10 to 15 range. So I think he's properly rated. Now, he doesn't have many games under his belt, but that doesn't mean he can't be a better player. No. Uh, the thing with me is I feel like Kyle Shanahan kind of made that decision for everybody because I feel everyone, like, knew that Kirk Cousins was his guy. Like, it was set up. Kirk Cousins had D.C. by the kahunas. Like, when free agency came around, he was going to link back up with Kyle Shanahan. They tried to do it the year before. D.C. wouldn't trade, wouldn't, wouldn't let Kirk get out of the contract or whatever the situation was, so they franchised him. And then Jimmy G comes out of nowhere because Bill Belichick decided to bless the Bay Area with this quarterback. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the plans changed. And they signed him to the $100 million deal, which I'm sure probably led a little bit out of the sale of Kirk Cousins because I, I'm, I just really feel like they had plans to make Kirk Cousins their guy. But Jimmy came in and really wowed them and knocked their socks off. And they were like, yo, we can't let this dude out of the building. Here's a question. Do you think that Kirk Cousins wishes he was in San Francisco with Kyle? Absolutely. Or do you think he's happier in Minnesota? I wish I was in San Francisco with Kyle. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I agree. I agree. Of course I, he wishes he was yeah, there. I was just asking to see where you were thinking. But I, I totally agree. I think that when Kyle was able to trade for Jimmy, that Kirk was pissed as hell because he was oh, hoping that he was going to be that guy. So – Dude. Now he's in Minnesota. He's going to talk himself into thinking it's the best situation, but it, it is. is definitely not the place contract. that he wanted to be. He got a fully guaranteed contract. That's what Minnesota had to offer. That tells you right there how the negotiations went. Like, without a fully guaranteed contract, he wasn't going there. And I don't know if any other teams were prepared to give him a fully guaranteed contract. They're a good team. I love Coach Zimmer. Played with Coach Zimmer. I think he's incredible. But I do think that team's going to look a little different this year, and I'll leave it at that. So one question I have for you guys as players, is that something you pay attention to, this top 100 list? And also, did you guys vote on it? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't never really pay attention to it. Maybe because I was never on the list and I knew I had no chance of getting on the list. 
but <laughs> I really could care less because it was more like a popularity contest. We did vote on it like a couple of times. Once I realized what was going on, I stopped doing it because it was a waste of time. So what happens is you're walking in the cafeteria. The lady is there with a piece of paper with like 20 names on it. So you don't vote for all 100, all 100 of them, but there's like a list of like 20 or 30 or something like that. And you just write in your 20 or 30 players. You, you think of the top players in the league. They compile those lists of 30 amongst all the guys who fill them, fill them out. And apparently that's how they come to it. But you sit there. It's not like you're doing any real research. You're just dropping names that you've heard over the last couple of years or pro bowlers or, okay, Tom Brady's always on the list. Like, for instance, J.J. Watt is on the top 100 this year. And he barely has even played over the I last think he two played years. two games. Exactly. And he's going to – as long as he's in the league, he's going to be in the top 100 because guys are just going to say, oh, J.J. Watt, it's a, it's a name they recognize. So, you know, sometimes guys splash and they have great seasons and the name is on the tip of the tongue of guys because they hear people being talked about and they see the, the sports shows. But for the most part, I wouldn't say it's a true representation of what guys think of the top 100 players. Joe, can you tell us where you were ranked last year? Of course, I think I was tatted on his shoulder. Yeah, right. It's uh, actually just pull your pants down, Dan. It's tattooed on your ass. I think that's <laughs> the last place I saw it. You're such a huge fan. Uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> it's you're a huge fan. Dan. Come on, Danny. Uh, no, I want to go back to Hawk's point. He's exactly right with everything he said. It's sort of an informal survey. Well, he's always right with everything he says, but it's an informal survey. It's a quick canvas of NFL players. The NFL Network tries to get as many players as they can, but they don't get everybody. Um, like he mentioned, it's only like 20 guys on the list. So players are trying to extrapolate who the best players in the league are when they're healthy. So J.J. Watt dropped, but I think everyone's putting him on the list because they assume, well, he'll probably be healthy next year because, um, you know, he – he'll be healthy coming off of his surgery. So I don't know if there's really a better way to do it. If I was mm -hmm. from the NFL network trying to get like a truer list, I wouldn't even know how to make it better. Uh, but there is definitely holes in it and it yeah. sets itself up for players to be able to criticize it. If they don't make the list, like me and you Hawk, we weren't on it this year. So I think oh. it's total BS. Of course. It's the worst list. Whoa, there's a list and Tomahawk. Is not number one? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, probably can't, that can't be right. We gotta, we gotta let the countdown play itself out. Yeah. Um, I'd, be, I'd be super surprised if we weren't number one. But I think the NFL Network was really intelligent by coming up with this concept because it provides so much con content for all their off-season crap, especially after the draft. There's really nothing right. in the NFL that happens newsworthy except for when guys get arrested like NFD. So yeah. there's like nothing to talk about. And so they come up with this arbitrary top 100 list and that's all they talk about from now until training camp. And they and drag it's really it out. A filler. Okay. And they drag it out. I mean, what do they release, 10 or 20 at a time? And then they give you the reaction for two full weeks. That's all they talk about is why this guy's over here and that guy's over there. And then as NFL players, I don't think we really pay attention to the first time it's released. But since nothing else is going on in the league, when you do with, meet with media or you meet with fans, they ask you, ask you about it, right? They yeah. ask you, hey, I saw you were 25. Or, hey, you weren't on the list this year or wherever. And then it becomes a talking point, and then you have to give your reaction. And of course, as competitive people, when we hear we're not as high as we thought we were, then we get pissed off about it, or we're higher than we were. Uh, we expected to be, then we get pretty excited, and we make sure to tell everybody about it. So uh, it definitely plays into human nature a little bit, but I would say if we weren't asked about it as players, we probably wouldn't care about it at all. I agree. I agree 100%. We're, we're in alignment there, Joe. 
All right. I guess we don't have to beat each other up about it then. Yeah, we'll let it we'll let it ride. Although I was never on the list and you were on it plenty. So I guess that is a little different perspective. But whatever. All right. One more thing. We got Disney draft. Are you ready for this? This is like we did all the other stuff just to get it out of the way because this is like the meat and potatoes of this episode is the animated movie <laughs> Disney draft. So we got to set some guidelines. It's only animated movies or 3D. 3D is also animated, right? Um, so like, what about yeah. Pixar? Pixar, yeah, we get the Pixar in there, right? P- Pixar's animated, right? Yeah. What, what am I missing? I don't even know what the official Disney movies are. Anything that's a cartoon, I assume, is Disney. So we'll I'm with you, too. This is a Disney movie draft, but what it should really be called is a animated or cartoon movie draft. Yes, I agree. Who, who had the first pick of the superhero draft? I believe you did, and you took Black Panther. Was that first overall with the Black Panther? I brain him. I still feel really good about it. All right, Joe, you get the, you get the <laughs> first right. pick this time. Let's be honest. I didn't really care about the superhero draft because I don't know anything about superheroes, but this is right in my wheelhouse. Three little kids. That's all we do is watch Disney movies. All right. With the first selection. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not Roger Goodell. Dan is Roger Goodell. All right. right. What are you thinking, man? What the hell are you doing? All right. Sorry. Joe Thomas is on the clock with the first pick of the animated Disney movie draft. So quick question, Roger. So are we going from 10 to 1, or am I picking right now my you are absolute drafting the favorite yeah, pick? Have you done so a draft before? <laughs> have, have you ever We've heard done of a few drafts draft. on the show? We I'm confused. Yeah, do your, draft your 10th best prospect, whatever. You have the first pick of the draft right now. You're on I'm not sure if you heard, but I don't go to drafts, so I'm not real familiar <laughs> with how they work. All right, my opening selection, it's going to shake the rafters all the way from Berea to L.A. at the uninterrupted offices. It is Cinderella, oh, number yeah. one overall. One of the greatest movies of all time. It's timeless. My kids still watch it on a regular basis today. I think my grandma watched it when she was a kid. It is forever going to be one of the greatest animated movies of all time. For those yeah. who couldn't hear, Hawk was clapping. He was applauding I'm, that pick by you, Joe. That's in a our great draft pick. room, we weren't applauding the pick. We got our guy. That oh, was, you were. You were oh. <laughs> our guy guess, is still Black Panther. No, we're going <laughs> close. Also takes place in Africa. It's almost the animated version of Black Panther, but it is The Lion King. Ooh, that's a good one. With the yeah, first round pick, list. Team Hawks. I Hawk think that should have went first Lion overall. King. But why? Give me the why. You, you, we need to say who and why. Because The Lion King is one of those movies that, I mean, Cinderella is also timeless, right? But Lion King is, is also that, and it, we have more versatility there because diversity on Hawks team is important and they're animals. So it's, it's all diverse. So there's no, everybody can get in on that action. Right. So, so we went Lion King. I think it's the best movie, the best Disney movie of all time. I would rather Lion watch King. Lion King 10 times out of 10 over Cinderella. You're picking through the lens of your daughters, which is where your team's going to get effed up <laughs> by team Hawk. All right. Hang on. Who on your team satisfied the Rooney rule? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, well, it, it takes place in Africa, so. So they all did? We all, we are the Rooney Rule. You're the one who still has to, to, to meet a quota. All right, all right, ready? So with my next selection, I'm going with the classic, Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. Neverland, it was such a great movie. It's all about not growing up and being a kid forever. I think that theme 
will hold true for eternity. It's still a movie that I could sit down and watch with my kids and get excited about. I think it's really cool. It just makes you feel like a kid again. It brings back those childhood memories. That's why I would make Peter Pan the number three overall pick in the Disney movie draft. You are so old, Joe. Yeah, he's old, and we're gonna. He's playing old brand of football right now, and my smash team, mouth, three yards in a cloud of dust. All, all of our, our big boy. We're just knocking them out one by one. We're getting all of our guys. So with the second overall pick, team you're picking Hawks, fourth, dude. Fourth, fourth overall pick, second pick for well, second Hawks. for us. You're right. Fourth overall pick, second team Hawk selection. We're gonna go with Aladdin. That's a good one. I love Aladdin. Everyone loves Aladdin. So I, I, I wanted to mix a little old school in there. I didn't want it all to be new school themed or you know so that's technically old school now we went with the latin we feel really not as good old school it. as cinderella and peter pan though no that's way too old but it's like yeah. it's like drafting otto graham for to play football in the nfl right now yes he was great but come on <laughs> <laughs> i'm picking him off 10 times out of 10 you are <laughs> getting head, so much hate mail from right come on otto graham gonna, playing in the league in 28 they're gonna spray paint your house in cleveland right now <laughs> great i'm not I'm not saying he's not great, man. It's like uh, it's it's hard for me to to recognize NBA uh, records before the league was integrated. Like there's just certain fair. things that like over time you look back. Like in 1950, I probably would have been Julio Jones. <laughs> I probably, if I played in 1950, I realized I probably would be a Hall of Famer. Here's a quick sidebar. All right, uh, think about this. Right. You said in the 1950s and 60s, you're tall enough to be Julio Jones back then. Jim Brown was a six foot two, 240 pound running back in the 60s. Yeah. He was bigger than most of his linemen. He's still big for a running back in today's NFL. Think about how amazing that is and how generational he was and how just totally incredible that talent was for that, that era. It's amazing, man. But that's the thing. Like, Jim Brown is one of those timeless athletes. There's a couple of them that, like, if Jim Brown was in the league today, he'd still be Jim Brown. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, he was Jim Brown in the era before nutrition and exercise. Think about that. Like, for those guys, a halftime break would be like a Cigarettes. cigarette and a coffee. <laughs> there was no Gatorade back then. It was like, have a cigarette and a beer and you're ready to go back out there. And this dude was killing people at 240 pounds, solid muscle. And I remember when I was a rookie in the NFL, quick sidebar, Jim Brown used to come to all sorts of stuff with the Browns. He was in a little bit better shape. He was in his early 70s. Now he's in his early 80s. Uh, but that dude had arms that made me jealous. When I was 21 years old and he was 74 or whatever he was, and he would show up with his cutoff shirt to training camp practices. And that was all we used to talk about out on the practice field. We were like, dude, look at Jim Brown's arms. That guy has got to be on something, and I need to get in whatever's in his gym bag because he's jacked. <laughs> that's funny all right here we go fifth, the overall, fifth overall pick. pick go ahead you're not Goodell shut up Hawk. I'm sorry go ahead Roger Joe Thomas is on the clock with the fifth overall pick with the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft mm. team Thomas has selected Shrek one <laughs> of the greatest movies of all time when it came out it completely uh -oh. changed how cartoons are perceived because it was all computer generated. It had all these famous voices. I think Eddie Murphy was in there. He was He's the making up stuff right now to justify his dude. Kid. I'm telling you, man, when Shrek came out, you probably don't remember this hawk because you're a little baby and uh, you're not old <laughs> enough to remember this, even though you're only a year younger than me, I think. But Shrek <laughs> was 
like when Jurassic Park came out and they used the computer animation that they did and the robots that they did for Jurassic Park, that was like. Uh, so are you trying to get some Jurassic the Park love into this pick? Yes. <laughs> I don't that get was how like you're bringing Like Jurassic Park has nothing to do with Shrek. Yeah. So I'm telling you when Jurassic Park came out, it was like generational because people were so blown away with what those producers were able to do no. and that was the same thing with shrek so people shrek is generational blown away shrek is generational it ushered in the computer fully computer animated cartoon that almost every cartoon is today and it blew people away so no, shrek, shrek did not could be the number one pick i'm my telling next, you man. my next pick did that all right Go ahead. Team me up, Roger, Stop please. Stop stealing Goodell's thunder and go I'm give sorry. him a hug when you walk across the stage. Team Hawk uh, is on the clock with the sixth overall pick. And we're instantly, we're like, as soon as we're on the clock, my guy's running onto the stage. You're turning your card in already. I already got it in my hand. It's still completely intact. We can't I'd like believe. to trade up. We feel like we're getting three number ones right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> with the, the sixth overall pick, and they were projected to probably go two in this draft. Team Hawk selects Toy You don't Story. even remember. <laughs> we select Toy Story. Why? Why? Just because it was there? All the thing you just described Shrek for was Toy Story actually did those things. Hey, I agree. I actually totally agree. Toy, Toy Story was the good Toy, selection. You just described Toy Story for Shrek, and it's completely yep. opposite. Yep. So basically your cards were mixed up. <laughs> and the, the biggest draft day Disney movie gaff of all time, Team Joe just created. I think Toy and Story like, definitely had three sequels, at least. Come on, Shrek man. Might have had three. I don't know. Toy Story. Nobody knows. Nobody pays attention to the Pixar thing. I'm going to be totally honest. Toy Story is a great selection. It really was transformational in that space. I thought it was a decent movie. It wasn't one of my favorites. For some reason, I just wow. didn't get into like the whole toys, like killing each other thing. I, no I one killed each other. You haven't even seen to Toy Story. That's why you selected Strike. <laughs> They're trying to blow each other up, dude. And then they that boy, like, the Buzz, whatever that boy's name is, Spike, who is like a real jerk. Yeah, I just couldn't get into it. I didn't like. We didn't it kill him. We just got away from him. Yeah, I I like Shrek way more because it was funnier to me. I thought Shrek, dude. I'm telling you, the donkey's funny in Shrek. And Toy yeah. Story, it just it tried to make me laugh, but it tried too hard and it, it failed. I'm I'm gonna be honest on Toy Story. So, anyways, oh, wow, that's turn, a bad so take. Well, get off, get off own. my lawn. Yeah, All right, get off Go, my lawn. What pick are we on here, Roger? All right, All right. Joe is back on the clock with the seventh pick. It'll be his fourth pick for his team. All right, with the seventh pick in the Disney slash cartoon movie draft, Team Thomas has selected the classic, which is nobody's surprise, <laughs> Mickey Mouse. The, the movie that started it all. The movie that started it all. I, I'm not talking about this new age crap. I'm talking about the original Mickey Mouse with Mickey whistling and he's on is the boat. Like Steve, what what are you talking about? It was about? like a two-minute commercial. There was nothing but... <laughs> music there wasn't no talking it was mickey mouse <laughs> on the steamship just whistling and it was classic before that there was no such thing as a cartoon so i'm going with mickey mouse so Listen. joe you started off so strong the first draft we did where we did the nfl teams playing each other backyard football your team was so strong you, you went strong. down you went down the next when we did our mock draft he drafted a guy went even further there. down when we drafted the comic book heroes <laughs> and now you're just at the bottom man this is the worst draft I've ever heard. This is a bad draft. We'll let the people speak. Mickey right? Mouse. We're, <laughs> gonna let the people We're not drafting characters. That's I'm like when, uh, when the anymore. time runs out on a the team, they don't even get a draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not even, he just picked a character. 
in the movie draft. Well, <laughs> I, pick, I pick Goofy. <laughs> My scouting department is over here. We're popping champagne. People are drunk. They are like, this is in the bag for us. Hey, a lot of groupthink over there at Team Hawk. A lot of guys <laughs> kissing the owner's ass. Golly. Well, with the, what are we on? Go ahead, Roger. Team me up because we're ready. Our card is in. With the eighth pick of the Disney movie draft, Team Hawk selects. Team Hawk selects The Incredibles. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, we're mixing in the superheroes too. Notice how after every one of Hawk's picks, Joe says, that's a good one. And after yeah, every one of Joe's picks, Hawk says, you're stupid. <laughs> that's because well, Hawk's a hater. It's a telling. Well, let the people decide, Joe. Yeah, don't, I, can't I, wait I don't have to vote. Okay, I feel really good about what my team is right now. Can we get a recap before we, do, we go into our last pick, Dan? Joe has Cinderella, Peter Pan, Shrek, and Mickey Mouse. Wow. With That's Hawk a pretty has, solid team. <laughs> Hawk has Lion King, Aladdin, Toy Story, and The Incredibles. Wow, man. One more pick each. Now I can – I feel so good about my draft. On my last pick, I can go for a flyer here. I'm going to go – You can draft a character instead of a I movie. I can draft a, a character concern, <laughs> which is what Joe did in the last round. <laughs> you know, you got to make up for it all here the last pick. <laughs> Don't right. say Minnie Mouse either. <laughs> Put me on the clock. Shut You're up. on the clock. <laughs> Put me on the clock and shut up. All right, go ahead, Joe. <clears throat> With the 10th pick in Nine. the 2000 2000- – with the ninth pick in the 2018 Disney slash cartoon movie draft, Team Thomas has selected Moana. Okay, finally. The first good pick, man. He, he makes a dive into the, the modern era. Of any, yeah, anything oh, earlier than yeah. the 1990s. Team Thomas, you're amazing. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you why. Because Moana, what I love about Moana being that I've got two daughters, it was – a female superhero. She was the star of the show. She was in charge. She was basically going to be the king or queen of her island, of her people. And she went out and she was fearless. And I think it was a great message for those young girls. They don't just have to be the princess that gets saved by the prince. They can actually go out and be the hero for their village. And it was a good movie too. And I love The Rock, by the way. So uh, it, it chucked all my boxes. I think The Rock is the greatest superhero of our generation. Uh, I think he's awesome. I think he's great in movies. He's funny. He's just my type of guy. And he's probably going to be on the Tomahawk show pretty soon. So yeah, with sure. my ninth, ninth pick, I'm going with Moana. I like so, that pick. Um, not going to lie. We're feeling really good. If this was a real draft. We feel, we feel so good about our draft. We would trade out. We would trade you our last <laughs> for next year and, trade, and get, trade for an early pick at our next, get a first round. overall for next year. We'd give you our last pick and get like your third for next year. Just could we feel that, that confident about it. But so my last pick is a tough one. Um, there's a lot of good options here and I'll walk you through it since now I'm the last pick I can give up my board. So my top four players on my board, we got all four of them. So we're feeling great about that. He's literally pointing at a board right now. That's exactly what a GM would say. Oh, the the draft was so great. We got all the players we wanted. We got all my top four guys. I can promise you there wasn't one person you picked that was on my board. I would not have drafted not one, especially when you drafted a character in a movie draft. There was not one of them. Actually, if you look, he drafted all characters, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Trek, Moana, but those were at least titles of movies as well. So it made right. sense. Right. So left on my board, we have Monsters, Inc., which we're not going to reach for. 
because we feel like we can get them in, in the next draft. We also have Finding Nemo, which is a, a big one. That's, That's a huge one. But we're not going to go there. We're going to round it out with a little old school. We're going to go 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Ooh, that was on my board. That was number three on my board. <laughs> that was number three. <laughs> Except you didn't take them. <laughs> Sometimes you get talked out of it. He did I might check himself out. out. <laughs> One of 101 Dalmatians was the Bradley Chubb of his board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick. Why would you pick Dalmatians? You know what? Because I feel like people love dogs. So understanding that people love dogs, and we're going to take this to the fan vote. I knew that people were going to resonate with our listeners are 101 Dalmatians fans and I can feel it. So give me a recap so I can feel really good to hear you list the, t- the names off again as we go into the voting with the fans. Hawk has got Lion King, Aladdin, Toy Story, The Incredibles, and 101 Dalmatians. And we signed Finding Nemo as an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Joe has Cinderella, <laughs> Peter Pan, Shrek, Mickey Mouse and Moana. Wow. Woohoo! <laughs> Your daughters are going to be so disappointed when they hear how this draft went. No, yeah, I they're can gonna tell. be very upset with you, Joe. Actually, I'm a little upset that I, my little girl's favorite movie is Frozen. I have seen that at least. I, I thought times. for 100% fact he was going to say Frozen. I, I thought Joe was going to take Frozen. <laughs> I had character oh concerns God. about Frozen. We took them off. There was no way they were getting yeah. drafted. But that, I for sure thought that was going to be a first overall from Joe. Only, I people do love have, only people that have seen Frozen will understand this story. Joe and I were talking one time, and there was somebody else around, and they mentioned something about a weasel. And I just said, oh, the Duke of Weaseltown. Joe started <laughs> laughing in, in a voice from the movie. He goes, Weselton, the Duke of Weselton. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we must have little girls. <laughs> well, you're both losers, whatever you hey. want That was before you had kids, so good, good try, Dan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this draft right now, and I can tell by the draft that I have – girls that are my oldest and hawk has a boy that's his oldest because <laughs> all my movies they're totally like girl movies except for mickey mouse which wins the hearts and minds of everyone Wait, shrek and, all right shrek shrek's maybe here or there a little bit that's kind of in between i picked shrek because of how i feel like all mine are everything aladdin toy story 101 dalmatians lion king incredibles i the feel incredibles? like are male dominated movies look at who the hero is in all look, those man, movies it's guys it, that's most movies I, I we should fix the industry i'm with you on that i'm just that's saying why i put moana on there most football teams are male dominated so yeah i'm just We're not saying. having we'll the let, team do a football game i like how you try to turn it into uh <laughs> a male versus female thing you call, try to call my team sexist <laughs> yeah you are you the people vote it We're is gonna not make gonna work. We're going to make you interview a girl before you pick all these <laughs> male-dominated movies. Moana, at least you covered your Sexist. diversity uh, quota. Yeah. Yes. All right, we're going to put up a poll. We're going to have the fans vote. Tweet at us. Let us know who you think has the better team between Team Hawk and Team Tama. But I think we know the answer to that. Let's get into some Q&A, Dan. Thank Tomahawk you. Tama Q&A time. First question comes from Twitter, from PSandy75. Austin Corbett wore number 73 at Nevada. How would you feel, Joe, if he wanted to keep that number? It's mm, a damn good question. So I think the first thing is he's going to have to talk to the Browns about that because I don't think they're ready to give out my number to uh, anybody this season. But uh, if they ask me for an input, I would say the thing that I've said on the Tomahawk show many times is nobody there's a price, to wear it. There's a, there's a price for everything, baby. 
<laughs> wow, you're selling a number you don't even own. I'm selling the number I don't even own. <laughs> that's that's big capitalism right there. The, the Ring of Honor, your number is getting retired as 10,000, what is it, 363? Well, yeah, street, and if you want to put that on your jersey, down. you got to pay for that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. That's a good question. That was a good question. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? This one comes I can't from really Daniel. answer that, obviously. Daniel Rodriguez. Which is more probable, Tom Brady running a 90-yard touchdown or Joe Thomas becoming the Browns' head coach someday? Joe, head coach. Everybody yeah. would have to get, like, the black plague for, for Tom to go 90 <laughs> without anybody catching. Like, they'd have to all just, like, open it, like, an envelope full of anthrax and just fall out. <laughs> and everyone just... <laughs> for the delight of everybody in the league. <laughs> yeah. I I can't imagine. There's probably maybe only two guys per defense that he's faster than. Not a knock to him. He's the best quarterback of all time. Just don't see him going 90 with it. Hawk, you just said that there's two guys per defense that are slower than Tom Brady? Maybe. And I'm just taking into account that, like, there could be some D tackles that he might be able to outrun. They may get tired. Like, (laughs) they might decide I'm not chasing him because we missed direction just one way and now he's too far away. I'm going to say that Tom Brady is the slowest player in the NFL right now. And that includes <laughs> all offensive linemen, most coaches, no. training staff, owners. He is the slowest NFL employee in the Did you see him in the Super Bowl try to catch that pass? I did. It wasn't pretty. I am really slow and he made me look like grease lightning. So you think every offensive lineman is faster than Tom Brady? I would be willing to bet we should what we should really do is stage a sprint race this summer, like a 60 yard dash. Yeah. Tom Brady versus all the people we think is the slowest yeah, in the NFL. We just have our producer set it up. for charity. We'll have our producer set it up. And I would be willing to bet that Tom Brady is the slowest player in the NFL. There was just a guy drafted out of Oklahoma that ran like a six seven <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> it was some maybe not a six seven, but it was super duper slow. Dude, Tom Brady ran a 6-7 when he was a rookie. He's 40 <laughs> years old now. <laughs> he's on the TB12 method. Yeah, that's right. His, his muscles are very long and pliable, but they are not fast. I know that oh, much. That's funny. So right. I think that if that question was Tom Brady running a 15-yard touchdown versus me being a head coach, that's a money line you could take in Vegas. Like a 90-some yard run on a Brady just ain't never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you definitely betting on Joe there because I just know that's not – I know for a fact that's not going to happen. Joe is still a possibility, and even if it's a small possibility because he may not even want to get into coaching. But, like, even if he told me today I don't want to get into coaching ever, he still has a, a, a better likelihood of being the head coach than Tom Brady going for 90. Agreed. Next All question. Right, we, got, we got two more. This one comes from Kyle Greathouse. Who is your favorite old school WWF wrestler? Mine is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. He's a he's a young kid. Yeah, you could tell by who he said. Yeah, like Austin Stone like Cold. Stone Cold old is not an old school for me. <laughs> I went to high school with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> I was like, hey, can you get him on the show? <laughs> <laughs> who is your? I'll let you go first. Joe. Who's your guy? All right, yeah. Thanks for finally seeding the first pick to me. I would say my favorite old school guy is probably the ultimate warrior. Maybe should we, should we save this for 
a wrestling draft? An old school yeah, wrestling draft. Wrestling. Next episode. Yeah, we, I like it. We need to have Gary Barnajohn, though. I will say Ultimate Warrior was number one on my big board. Really? Ooh, yes. I like it. I'm going to have to do a coin flip to see who gets the first pick next week then. Yeah. So All right, who's yours? Draft. All right, well, if I, if I – next on my big board besides Ultimate Warrior, I would go with Goldberg. Football player, the spear. I, I was all in on Goldberg. I was he's like about as old school as Steve brother. Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. but if that's, the, if that's the precedent we're setting with Stone Cold Steve Austin, then I'm going Goldberg. If you want to go real, real old school, then honestly, I was a big fan of uh, the, the Big Boss Man. <laughs> Remember the big boss man? He would carry on. Yeah, the he was great. Yeah, he was. That cool. was my guy because I wanted to be a businessman. So, all right. Next That's question, our producer. All right, tell us to wrap it up. Our last question comes from me. I see Joe's shirt, Great Lakes beer shirt. What is the best Great Lakes flavor beer? Peach. <laughs> I don't know. I never had Great. From Lakes. the guy that uh, <laughs> drinks nothing but Mountain Dew. Oh yeah, Gold Rush or whatever you were talking about last time. <laughs> my drink don't don't forget it so i would say my favorite great lakes beer is probably christmas ale with the runner-up being dortmunder whatever that is you guys are speaking the exact same those are the two i was gonna say yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's kind of blase because that's what everyone i would say natty ice or uh something sophisticated like uh vladimir vodka no all right so i think that does it for this episode of the tomahawk Again, thanks for tuning in. If you've been living under a rock, subscribe, tell all your friends, rate five stars, hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag Tomahawk. Make sure you ask us more questions on our Reddit page. And of course, you got to make sure you chime in and let us know who's the winner of the animated movie draft that me and Joe did this episode. Joe, any final thoughts? My final thoughts are, I think the people will speak and find that my animated movie draft Stop is far superior. It's too late. You can't get You pay hey. Let the people decide. It's called Final Thoughts. It doesn't <laughs> have anything to do with Hawk interrupting me again. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, Dan, take us out. Joe Hawk yourself. <laughs>